Okay, so first of all, we remind ourselves that these shiurim are being given Le'ilu Nishmas, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yekir Hexter, who was one of the soldiers, one of the Tamina of the yeshiva, who was killed defending his people and his country, and he has special affinity for many svarim, but also for Ms. Yosef Sharm. So since a lot of you are picking up in middle, because I started teaching Ms. Yosef Sharm to my shir, I'm not going to go back to the first couple of prakim, but I'll just give a little bit of context. Okay, Mesil Sashem was written by an Italian, Italian rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, in the early part of the 18th century. In its time, it was a very, very controversial sefer, not so much because of what it said, but in part because of who wrote it, he was a big makubal, and in the early 18th century, people who were makubalim were also accused of being Shabtai um, Tzvi. So we're letting them say, Hashem, welcome, Josh and Caleb. So we're talking about the Mesil Sashem this morning. And these shirim are dedicated to Yakir Hexter. Yakir is one of the boys in Yeshiva who was killed defending our people in our country, and he loved learning Masil Sisharim. It was written in the early 18th century by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, an Italian Rav. Very interesting personality. He was a big philosopher. Italian Rabbeim had a very different tradition in Central Europe and Eastern Europe. Uh, in, in the day, the Sefer was very controversial, not because of what was in the Sefer, but because he was a big makubal, and this was already in the aftermath of Shabtai Tzvi, so anyone who was a makubal had suspicions that he was a Shabtai Tzvi. So people didn't read the Sefer. The only reason we're reading the Sefer today is because the Vilna Gaon, about 50 years later, deeply, deeply appreciated the Sefer, and he validated the Sefer. And the Gaon had enough punch that when the Vilna Gaon said, this is a Sefer people should read, people started reading it. Now, people incorrectly call it a Musa Sefer. It's not really a Musa Sefer because it predates the Musa movement. The Musa movement starts in the beginning of the 19th century where we saw Salantar spend time reading about Musa. Remember, in the old, old model, you don't need to learn Musa. The old model is, you sit and learn Torah, of course you're humble. You sit and learn Torah, of course you're moral. It's the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why would you, quote-unquote, waste your time from reading a Telsus or reading a, a Gemara or reading a Shulchan Aruch when, and then all of a sudden read stories about moral being in Yerushalayim it becomes natural when you learn Torah. Of course, in the modern world, we all know that that natural association doesn't always unfold. And in the beginning part, beginning of the 18th, of this 19th century, Rabbi Yisrael Salander started a Muslim movement, and his Talmudim spread the idea, and slowly but surely made their way across yeshivas. It wasn't so automatic. There were big, big fights in the yeshivas. It was actually in 1897. There was a big debate in the Russian newspapers. It was called Pul Musa Musa, back and forth between yeshivas. Should we learn Musa? Should we not learn Musa? There were fist fights. But in the end, most yeshivas realized that in today's complex world, learning Torah will not automatically trigger moral moral sensibility and piety. So the Musarniks looked back and found Svarim in our history that they thought were very similar to the types of learning they wanted to accomplish, and this became the Bible. It's again the Tanakh of Musar, written about a hundred years before Musar started, Masil Sisharim. So we've been dis- discussing it the last couple of weeks in my share. We're not going to segue to discuss it in this context. In his introduction, his per- perhaps his most famous line if anyone, even if you don't know Masil Sisharim, his most famous line, and it's especially resident in today's world, is a person has to ask, Ma chovas ha'adam be'olama? What are my responsibilities in this world? We live in a world of democracy and of rights and what I have coming to me. What do I deserve? What and if it's a complete turnaround, and Rav Lichtenstein would quote this often, Ma chovas ha'adam be'olama? You're placed on this world for responsibility and for commitment and for mission, not for joy, pleasure, and rights. You need rights to protect your freedom, to protect your well-being, to protect your financial well-being, but the rights are not an ends, the rights are a means. In the modern world, rights have become an ends rather than a means. Okay, so this is just a short little summary of the first two prakim. What's also fascinating is that he mentions a Gemara 
in which Rav Pinchas says that this stage, this trait brings to this trait, this trait yields to this trait, this trait yields to this trait, and he bases the Sefer on Rabbeinu Pinchas' statement. Zahiris is his first trait, Zahiris enables Zerizos, Zerizos enables Nikias, Nikias enables Chasidus. I spoke about it then, this is very 18th century, where you cellularize your growth, you say, let me focus on this trait right now, I want to finish this trait, and then move to the next trait. In t- 2024, that's not really the way we process moral development. So like we say, I'm working on this trait now and not any other trait. We view ourselves as more holistic, as more one human being. And when I want to improve myself, I work at improving the core of who I am, the core of Otis Hashem. Okay, so maybe at this point, I'm slanting and stressing one trait or stressing another trait. But this compartmentalization where you work on the trait of Zahirat, and then when you're finished, you move up the next rung of the ladder to Zerizus. And then you finish and you move up to the next rung of the ladder, that, again, the, the problem with Musser is that Musser is very context-specific because it's written about people, but people's identity changes throughout the centuries. So the ideas are all the same, but you have to take the ideas and translate them into different milieus and different atmospheres. So today, our growth, I wouldn't recommend you to follow Musser Elshams, and I'm going to work three months on Zahiros, and then I'll get to Zerizos. It's because it's more fluid. You work on all of your avodas Hashem, but at least it creates a mapping of moral integrity. What's the map of what it takes to be a moral person? He creates this map. Okay, so we're now out, very, very briefly, we are now at the third of his seven or eight stages. This stage he calls Naki, Nikiot, Nikiot, Naki. Now, typically in Tanakh, when we read Naki, it typically means moral integrity, right? So probably what is the most, what's the most famous, we just said it, Niki Kapayim, Uvaru Levav, Asher lo nasav who can ascend to the mountain of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Your hands have to be clean, squeaky clean, as you would say, and your heart has to be bar. Bar is innocent. So remember, we've talked about this a million times. The foundation of avodas Hashem is not piety. The foundation of avodas Hashem is menshlechayit. Start as a mensch. Be honest. Be respectful. Remember, we talked about this at the Tish. What are six or seven traits that it takes to be a moral person? Menshlechayit respecting other people, honesty, compassion, goodwill, generosity of spirit. That's what David HaMelech presumably explains in that parak, and that's what Niki Kapayim means. For Moshe Chaim Lutzato, Nikias means something else. It's closer to a Baba Kama Nikias. Who remembers where we learned some of the boys have just started? When a Baba Kama of an animal gores and kills, so the animal is called a Shor Haniskal. The animal gets put to death. And the owner can't even use the carcass, because the carcass is Asr Bahana. The way the Torah describes the Isr Hana on the carcass of an animal that gored and killed a human being, that himself gets skila from the first shot. Kofar, you only pay after three Nigichas. But the animal itself becomes a Shor Nisko. After one Nigicha, Torah says, Sakol ye Sakel Hashor, the Shor will receive skila, Ubal Hashor Naki. And the Bal Hashor is Naki. Now, the Baal Ashur is the furthest thing from Naki. He's, he was complicit in his shore. He's not, he's not morally clean. So, Chazal Darshan, Yatza Naki Minachasaf. That he completely is washed. He's completely, all of his money, all of his holdings have been washed away. Namely, not only can't he keep the animal because it's stone, he can't even use the hides, he can't even sell the meat. Baal Ashur Naki. So, Naki doesn't just mean moral purity, it means empty of anything. In this case, the owner is empty of any financial retainer. So he's empty, he's completely fleeced, as we would say, in the modern world. So that's how the Messiah, it doesn't quote the Pasuk, but that's how he's thinking. Naki, as opposed to Zahira, says, Zahira means you avoid Yisur. But there's still an internal battle, there's internal strife, there's internal desires, and 
What about the internal world? Can you be nucky from these desires in the internal world? That's a much more challenging project, not just to avoid actions, but to condition your value system and to condition your heart so that that desire is less pronounced. Because the desire itself is adulterating, but not only is the desire adulterating, but in certain areas that he's going to discuss, it's very easy to delude yourself. How often do you make excuses for yourself? We're all Einstein and making excuses. So the more honest you can be, that's why intellectual honesty is such an important trait, because if you don't learn honesty, it's very hard to be honest with yourself. And if you're not honest with yourself, you'll trick yourself, you'll delude yourself, you'll justify actions based on wants and needs and urges, rather than saying, when's the last time you created an Avera, and you just knew it was wrong, but you were weak, and you just need to do it. And when's the last time you did an Avera, where you convinced yourself that what you were doing was appropriate, because you were prejudiced, because you were biased, because you had this inner drive. So for him, that's what Nikias is. Nikias is working on the internal world, not just to be pure inside, that we'll get to later, that equals chasidus, but to be more honest in the judgments you render and the moral decisions you take, not to be too biased by the desires you have to trick yourself into taking action. So he, I'll just mention the three, this is a huge part of the Mesil Hashem, it's about 30, 40 pages, so we're now in the core of the Mesil Hashem. He talks about three areas in which we're likely to fall prey to our own bias based on the Gemara and Bava Basa. The Gemara and Bava Basa says, everyone is a goslin. Many, many people are over Arayos. And some, and also, Rubam be goslinus. Rove the people in this world are goslinus. Miutam be Arayos. A few people violate sexual violations. The Kulam Bavak Lashon Hara. Everyone falls prey to Lashon Hara. So he feels that this Gemara is almost a, a, a series of three areas in which we're more prone to give in to our bias and to make wrong decisions because we think they're right, not because we think they're wrong. And he's going to take us on this investigation of what happens in exiles. This is one example. Right? A lot of people, he talks about this. People say, you know what, I want to learn Gemara during, during my work. I want to learn Gemara because you have to tell I'm a big tzaddik and I want to study a page of Gemara. That's a gazla. You're not being paid to learn Gemara. You're being paid to work. Now today, work habits are more fluid, so you may not be paid hour per hour, you may be paid to perform a project, and if the project is not being att- attended to right then, you can learn, you can do a chesed, but in Rivara we talk about this all the time, the Gemara says that a poel, someone who's being hired by the hour, is not allowed to say the fourth bracha benchen. The Gemara in brachas. Not that he's part of saying the fourth bracha benchen, he's not allowed to. Why? Because he's being paid to work. And since the fourth bracha benchen is only to Rabbanon, he shouldn't say it because his responsibility to his owner to work honestly is a chiv deraisa. And we learn that from Yaakov. So we'll start to see tomorrow, Mir Tzashem, where some of these aspects of Nikios surface according to Moshe Chaim Litzata. So again, since a lot of boys are joining, I started this year in my shir, and now we're giving it in the morning. It's called the Sefer Mesilas Hisharim. It is seen as really the seminal Sefer of Musar. It was written before there was an awareness there was a Muslim movement. He, if you ask Moshe Chaim Litzata, are you part of the Muslim movement? He'd look at you like, what are you talking about? I'm writing a sefer. But a hundred years later, when the Bali Musa were trying not just to write new Musa's firm, but look back at the old Musa's firm, this written a hundred years before, because the Vilna Gon had accredited it, this became, this and this in the world has become the baseline Musa sefer. And we'll see how it talks to us. And to be honest, in some ways that it doesn't talk to us, because you have to know, well, if it doesn't talk to us, how do you take the spirit of what he's saying and translate it into a way that does talk to us and, and update it in a way that makes sense to us? Okay? Have a great, great day, everyone. Welcome to the oceans. Welcome to the oceans. Mazel tov.